Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. Welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and in this episode, we are going to be digging into the mind-body connection, and not just in the theory, pontification kind of way. We're going to get practical, and we're going to get practical around the liver and a few other organs and how they affect trauma work. Now, many professionals are starting to talk about mind-body medicine, which is awesome and exciting, and as important as it is, they still don't really know what that means. They haven't gotten past the point of realizing that well, the mind and body are connected and influencing each other. And that's a great start, but that's not enough. So in this episode, we are going to get practical and teach on what professionals need to know specifically about the liver in mind, body work and trauma work. Now to help answer this question, I've invited my very good friend, Dr. Amit Agarwal. Now, Dr. Amit has been voted as one of the top 43 innovative and naturopathic clinicians in the world. And you are going to see why. He has helped thousands of people already with trauma, anxiety, depression, chronic disease, and here's why. Like me, he's got this combination of training. So he is a naturopathic physician, and he combines functional medicine, gestalt psychotherapy, family constellations therapy, EMDR, homeopathy, and to my excitement, most recently, somatic experiencing, because of course that's been one of my trainings as well. Now in this podcast, we are going to cover the foundational principles of the mind-body connection first, and then we're going to deep dive into four organs, the gut and digestive system, then the adrenal glands, then the brain, and then most importantly, the liver. That's going to be our heavy hitter for today. With that, let's get started. And here is Dr. Amit. Greetings from Kenya, everyone. Uh, we're going to dive deep into the gut, the liver, the emotions, the adrenal glands. So trauma affects really every system of the body, some more than others directly. The adrenal mm -hmm. gland, and the liver, the nervous system, the immune system being primary ones that are affected by trauma. We can see these patterns in someone's biology, mm -hmm. very predictable patterns. One of the things that I've noticed for people coming out of early childhood with this level of stress in their nervous system, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. their, their biology, their physiology to them feels like it's in chaos. They have usually several different types of symptoms. They feel like they're on fire everywhere. Lots of inflammation, whether inflammation in their gut, maybe even some joint stuff, some autoimmune stuff, maybe headaches, migraines, things that feel like they could be inflammation in the brain as well, but it just feels like everything is chaos. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when they sit down and try to think about what would their steps be towards healing, it feels very complicated because it feels like there's, there's no understanding. There's no predictable pattern that has played out in their biology to create their current symptoms. Yeah. So just understanding how, the trauma is going to affect each of their different systems in their body, right? And it's going to be the adrenal glands, the liver, the intestines, because it's going to affect them uh, individually. And then as a whole, because like you say, the liver affects everything else, the adrenal glands affect everything else. And so 
it does start to feel like it spirals out of control Mm -hmm. and being able to address that, bring that under control is really going to help everything. And so I, I love how you say, right? Like it's not just about taking supplements. If you are having mood issues, feeling depressed, feeling anxious, it's not just about taking supplements mm-hmm. and it's not just about going to therapy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this combination of really addressing the biology of what's going on because that just as much affects the mood as the mood and emotional stuff affects the biology. Absolutely. And that's why I always, uh, whenever I'm treating people, I always focus on healing the pillars of health while we're doing the psychotherapy. So I'll always heal the gut, the liver, and the adrenal glands while releasing emotional trauma. Because also remember, when you have a leaky gut, the wrong foods, too much inflammation, then that inflammation stresses your adrenal glands to make cortisol because cortisol manages inflammation. And that can also cause a brain chemical imbalance. So some people's anxiety and depression are purely biochemical due to chronic inflammation and too much toxicity and a progesterone deficiency or testosterone deficiency, et cetera, right? Um, So it's really, really important if you want to get the best out of therapy to also heal the gut, the liver, and the adrenal system. Yeah, you'll recover with therapy much, much faster. You know, someone's experienced an emotional trauma, psychological trauma, whatever, and and they're they're still struggling. They're still struggling with their mood. They're still struggling with their thoughts. They're still maybe struggling with the fatigue that can come with those effects from trauma. Why would we even need to talk about digestive system and liver? It seems from their standpoint that that would be a huge jump. Like, wait a second, I'm talking about <laughs> talking about my trauma. Why yeah. are you? Why do you want to talk about my gut and my liver? Great question, Amy. So anxiety, depression, mental symptoms often come after trauma. Somebody's been traumatized, right? And anxiety, depression, insomnia, OCD, all of those are also due to a neurotransmitter imbalance, right? Serotonin, GABA, dopamine, all of those go out of balance. And one of the key things that causes them uh, to go out of balance is trauma that sets off an adrenal response, a fight or flight response, messes up your cortisol levels, and then suppresses serotonin, dopamine, GABA, melatonin, et cetera, right? Leading to mental health symptoms. Now, when it comes to gut health and liver health, when your gut is compromised, what does that mean? You have a stomach, you have intestines, your intestines are like a nice lining, kept healthy by good bacteria and good food. Over time, with antibiotic use, poor diet, too many burgers, too much ice cream, too much coffee, alcohol, et cetera. Hey, 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 careful, careful, careful. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love don't, those things. Don't, well. don't ruin my good time, Dr. Amit. <laughs> those things help me feel better. When I'm sad, they help me feel better. When I'm anxious, they help me feel better. What do, you, you what, do you, what do you mean here. that they might be compromising my gut? No. When, when you come to Africa, I'll give you some good alternatives, okay? Um, but too much of those things, inflammatory foods, right? Um, excessive alcohol, the wrong medications, even the birth control pill, actually. Some of these things, they kill off the good bacteria and damage the intestinal lining, right? So then you get gaps in your intestinal lining, known as leaky gut syndrome. And then toxins leak into the bloodstream and also toxins um, stimulate or aggravate the immune cells lining your gut, right? Because most of your immune cells is around your gut. So the, your immune system gets aggravated and you go into an inflammatory response. That inflammation actually causes 
whole bunch of diseases, asthma, eczema, arthritis, etc. But that inflammation actually also messes up your brain chemicals. Number one, it throws off your cortisol levels, right? And when your cortisol levels are off, right, either from inflammation or from adrenal fatigue and stress from trauma, the imbalance of cortisol throws off your neurotransmitters. And that makes anxiety, depression, and the, the symptoms after trauma even worse. For someone who has resonated with what you're talking about, and they're like, oh, yes, like I can totally recognize my gut is inflamed. Where would you say that they would even start in such a way that we're not going to do too much too fast for their system and, mm-hmm. and overwhelm them with good things, but just too much too fast? What are, what, what are the things that people can safely start with and kind of map out? All right, this is a journey and this is where you would just start your journey. First, removing inflammatory foods. Yeah. Avoiding all those things you love. <laughs> too much coffee, too much sugar, too much alcohol, bread, gluten, dairy, etc. And then sometimes just something simple like hot water and lemon in the mornings or ginger, herbs to detoxify your liver. And just by doing that less damage, you're going to, you're going to start feeling better. The gut can be an easy place to start with what changes could I make in my gut that could help me start feeling better right away taking small steps in our eating habits and just finding a way to do a little less damage every day. If you know what I'm talking about now, while we discussed a few aspects of gut health, I do want you to remember that there are so many emotions stored in our gut, including grief and our gut health actually controls how big of a breath we take because of our diaphragm. And I explained all of this in a whole module, but this is how important the gut health is that I have a whole module, a six week journey in the biology of trauma modules on grief and gut health because they go together. Now let's look at the brain. And when we look at the role of the brain, one of the primary roles is this idea of neuroplasticity and trauma work is neuroplasticity. That's what every professional needs to know that when you are trying to do trauma work with your clients or patients, you are trying to affect positive neuroplasticity, which is making new connections, making new neural pathways so that we can have new patterns of responding. Otherwise there's no change. And a person will continue to do and react in the same way that they've always reacted. Now, how do we affect that neuroplasticity? There are different effects on the neuroplasticity depending on the different level of survival response that's happening in the body. And as we go into this conversation into the brain, I want us to remember that there is the danger response of the stress or the sympathetic state. And that is where our body will produce adrenaline and cortisol. We take action, but then there's this deeper level of a survival response. And this is the trauma response. And this is actually where we get a lot of the inflammation. This is where we get a lot of the activation of the microglia. And it can actually, that can be a trigger into a freeze response or a trauma response and create negative neuroplasticity. So this is an important conversation around neuroplasticity and the influence of cortisol and inflammation on neuroplasticity. Let's dive into that. Thing is, When you have too much inflammation and a cortisol imbalance, what happens is your brain struggles to make more new nervous connections, neuro connections. You know, we have this ability called neuroplasticity, 
right? The ability of the brain to rewire itself. And so the benefits of therapy are that the brain rewires itself after you have a good intervention. But now if you're inflamed from a leaky gut and a toxic liver, right, then it's going to be harder for you to manage neuroplasticity. So despite all these interventions, you're just not going to feel on top of your game. You might well, feel- I would say that neuroplasticity is still happening, but it's, it's negative neuroplasticity. Like your, your, your nervous system is still responding because that's what it does. But Mm -hmm. in this bath of inflammation, that's traveling up the vagus nerve from the intestines. Now it's responding to that. And so you're actually cementing more and more pathways in your nervous system that are pathways of stress that are pathways of overwhelm. And so it's almost like negative neuroplasticity is happening. Negative neuroplasticity is happening because also you're, yeah, you're associating all these negative feelings from inflammation, et cetera, with your mood and your identity. And so you start believing in a certain pattern of thought and a certain personality and as if you're a victim, life is happening badly for you, or, you know, you can't control these negative thoughts and you restress yourself. So yes, inflammation, toxicity combined with trauma definitely contributes to negative neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is the ability of your brain to rewire itself and make new connections. And when you go through good therapy, right, some good body therapy, some good emotional release, your brain makes new nervous connections so that you have a different experience of yourself and of life. If you are bogged down with inflammation, with cortisol imbalances, yeah, and food allergies, etc., you're not going to rewire your brain as effectively. Yeah. So the therapy will not sink as deeper. That's my belief. Yeah. Um, so definitely. Yeah. I talk about this cellular, what is the cellular state of your nerve, right? So yeah. if you're trying to shift something in therapy, that's great. It requires your nervous system to do something different, to form a mm-hmm. new way, a new road. And So thinking of an individual nerve cell can be really helpful and looking at, does it have what it needs to form Mm -hmm. a new road? If that individual cell is not nourished enough, doesn't have the nutrients that it needs, is struggling for enough energy, it's not going to be making new roads for you. (laughs) Like you, you really need to build up that ability for it to be neuroplastic, for it to build new roads and integrate in order for things to really shift well. Yeah. And also like you might still remain depressed if you're inflamed because your serotonin levels will not increase despite the therapy you're doing, you know, and most of your serotonin and GABA is made in your gut. So if you have compromised liver function, not enough bile in there and poor growth of good bacteria, you're going to have low neurotransmitters. So you'll be in this low grade improvement through therapy, but never really feeling resilient until you optimize your body and your biology as well. Never really feeling as resilient until you optimize your biology. That's one of the conclusions that one comes to once they really understand the mind-body connection is that if you want to experience more resilience, emotional resilience, mental health resilience, you have to go to the body. You have to go to the biology, not just be doing things that are therapeutic interventions addressing the head. Now, trauma alters our biology. And that's one of the things that the biology of trauma helps us understand how it does that because the body's not just able to bounce back after experiencing a trauma. 
it can get stuck in that trauma response. And the people that usually come to me in my 21 day journey program, they are going into a trauma response. Their body is going into a trauma response every day and they haven't even realized it. And so when we take the steps to heal that biology and that trauma response, that's what makes us more resilient. But the unfortunate thing is that if we don't deal with that, if we aren't aware of the biology pieces of that trauma response, and we don't address it, then that biology of trauma predisposes us to more trauma and more trauma and more trauma. And then our bodies are experiencing maybe and chronically living only from this trauma place. So we need to start reversing this process. And in that journey, we become more resilient. So let's look at the adrenal glands because that's where we're headed to next. We're going to look at the adrenal glands next and how they are impacted by trauma and how then they can start to perpetuate the trauma response. They become part of what contributes to us. I mean, in a sense, attracting more trauma into our life when we still have unresolved trauma. Let's look at cortisol and stress in our bodies because that's what the adrenal glands are best known for their production of adrenaline and cortisol for the stress response. Knowing that, Ooh, there is a difference between the stress response and the trauma response. And there may be that shutdown of the adrenal glands. There may be a, a consequence to the adrenal glands when they've had too little of support for too long, and they've just had to deal with too much. Let's dive into the adrenal glands. Anything overwhelming for your nervous system, yeah, that causes you to have fear or anger or a fight or flight response, as well as a freeze response. So people just freeze inside. That's the nervous system just locking down. And in the fight, flight or freeze response, what happens is your adrenal glands are triggered to make adrenaline and cortisol. And over time now with with trauma, as well as daily stresses, your adrenal glands are constantly pushed to exhaustion. And even if you're an adult now and you've had childhood trauma and you haven't resolved it, that trauma is sitting in your nervous system. And it's perpetually stimulating your adrenal glands to be on guard, to have a certain view of the world, to feel unsafe, you know, to, to have this body armor that we're always like making sure that we're looking okay, or we're looking strong, or even we're looking like very needy because sometimes that's also a game we play to get what we want. All that uses energy from the adrenal system and that's unresolved trauma. You combine that with the daily stresses of financial issues, marital issues, late nights, you know, uh, bright lights outside your room. So you're not going into a deep sleep. This combined effect burns you out faster than if you didn't have trauma and you were just faced with daily stresses. When you go into adrenal burnout, what happens is then your adrenal glands don't produce cortisol and adrenaline in a nice, well, they don't produce cortisol in a nice circadian rhythm, right? You get a cortisol imbalance. And that then begins to suppress thyroid hormones, serotonin, dopamine, melatonin, GABA, all your brain chemicals, as well as your thyroid hormone, leading to anxiety, depression, OCD, feeling of overwhelm, unable to cope with things, breaking down in tears easily when life feels stressful, right? That's all adrenal burnout due to trauma, yeah, combined with daily stresses. And the daily stresses feel more overwhelming to people who have been traumatized because those daily stresses actually trigger the unresolved wounds that we all carry within us. 
Yeah. So if you've been wounded as a child and you, you face an aggressive boss, then you will feel more overwhelmed and more vulnerable. Yeah. And have a stronger response than somebody who had a healthier or safer upbringing. So your nervous system is already fragile when you've gone through trauma leading to. Yeah. That is one of the, the frustrating things from the experience of people who've been through trauma, right? Is that it lends itself to more trauma. It lends itself to a nervous system that is more prone to experience stress as even more stressful and overwhelming rather than giving them a break. It just keeps them even more in that survival mode. These very same factors that you're talking about, Dr. Mead, are the same ones that will predispose someone to experiencing trauma. Because if they have a leaky gut, they are much more likely to experience a stress as overwhelming, going to shut down and experience it as a trauma because they just don't have the cellular resilience that they would have if they didn't have the inflammation, if they didn't have the leaky gut, if they had good serotonin levels, if they had good neurotransmitter levels. So these are the same factors that will actually predispose them, but then also like you're saying, get them stuck, get them stuck in, in their trauma patterns. Get them stuck in, yeah, because you have, let's say you have leaky gut and a toxic liver, your neurotransmitters are already out of balance. So when you go through a traumatic event, uh, first of all, your adrenal glands are probably exhausted from chronic inflammation, right? So when you go to a through a traumatic event, you're feeling more vulnerable right? and you'll feel more negative feelings. So you have more negative associations with a trauma based on your underlying physiology, Right. And therefore, yes, you're right. The experience of trauma could be much worse for somebody who is inflamed and has a toxic liver. And we'll talk about detoxifying your liver soon. Yeah, let's let's go there. So the liver not only helps with digestion and really all of the, the fluids that then come from the gallbladder and help with digestion of fat, which is a whole nother topic that we could go into of absorption, right? Like mm -hmm. actual digestion and absorption of your nutrients when there's all of this going on. But this other main function of the liver is detoxification. And mm -hmm. how, how does that relate? And then one question that I always get, so I'll, I'll toss it into your lap and make you answer it, which is, Hey, when I'm going through a detox, when I'm going through a liver detox, why do I feel so awful? Why do I get so emotional? <laughs> I'll okay. make you answer it. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Connection of liver health, gut health, and brain chemicals. Okay. So let's say you have all this inflammation going on in your body from leaky gut. Yeah. All this inflammation creates toxicity. This toxicity slams your liver. Yeah. Your liver becomes inflamed and has to deal with these toxins. Number one. Number two, your liver has to deal with pesticides, drugs, alcohol, pollution in the air, everything, right? So your liver becomes overburdened and what we call stagnant in Chinese medicine. And with liver cheese stagnation, um, your liver produces less bile generally. So you'll have poor digestion, right? And you have less good bile salts and good quality bile going into your gut. And that will negatively affect your microbiome, your good bacteria, which are meant to produce serotonin, dopamine, et cetera. And so the levels of neurotransmitters being produced will reduce because there's lack of bile flow. One, leaky gut will get worse because you're not digesting your food properly with the right amount of bile, right? And the bile salts actually kill off bad bacteria 
as well. So you're killing off less bad bacteria. So again, you're getting more of a dysbiosis. All right. Now, your liver also controls your hormones, right? So with liver stagnation, you go into usually, but it's not always the case, progesterone deficiency or estrogen excess. And progesterone helps GABA work better in your brain. So now suddenly you have a low progesterone, GABA will work less effectively. So you have more anxiety, more insomnia, more weepiness. And that's why whenever somebody comes to me with PMS symptoms, premenstrual symptoms like gas, bloating, anxiety, depression, sadness, et cetera, breast tenderness, clotting, um, usually it's due to liver stagnation. So a lot of people are just making the mistake of taking hormonal remedies. You know, yes, they're fine, but you got to treat the root cause. And I often find inflammation and liver toxicity are the root cause of most conditions. Okay. Wow. Can you yeah. say that again? Like most conditions? Yeah. Most conditions I find when you heal the gut and the liver together. So a lot of people are focusing on the gut, right? They're taking their probiotics, they're avoiding the inflammatory foods, but they're forgetting their liver. And the liver is really the seat of your health, not only your gut, because the liver affects basically your microbiome, leaky gut, digestion, vitamin storage, cholesterol metabolism, right? I cover all these on the course as well. But if you don't detoxify your liver and only focus on healing your gut and popping probiotics, you're going to be dependent on supplements the rest of your life, right? So imagine your liver is the cleanser and that's where everything is getting stuck, right? And all the heat is building up and all the toxins. And so let's say you're fixing all these other places and using an anti-inflammatory foods, going on all these diets, but this engine is just toxic. It's burdened. It's not getting the right type of help. Then there's going to be a backlog of healing happening in your body, right? From hormonal imbalances, tendency towards cancer, skin issues, poor iron levels. So then you're going to feel fatigued, poor absorption because, you know, your bile breaks down fat and into tiny droplets and that fat is absorbed and certain vitamins are also absorbed, certain minerals, et cetera, are absorbed with your fat. And so if you're not absorbing nutrients, then you're not going to make the right kind of neurotransmitters as well. So liver stagnation can contribute to mental illness through its effect on absorbing nutrients, right? Wow. And, yeah. and I know that yeah. in Chinese medicine with their model mm -hmm. that they mm -hmm. say that I think it's anger that is the emotion associated with, with the liver. Is that, is that true? It's anger, uh, resentment uh, in both ways, right? So if you suppress a lot of these emotions, then it goes to the liver. So it's actually healthy to emote certain things. And so sometimes it's un unprocessed emotions. Un <laughs> unprocessed emotions. And if you have a lot of liver stagnation, people who are really toxic, you'll find them more irritable, right? So the liver can create emotions as well. And suppressing certain emotions will also impact the liver. Yeah. Well, when I think of the liver's role in detoxification, and I understand that, you know, all of these things that, that our body needs to clear out, that the liver is helping us clear out, like those are irritants to the nervous system. So yeah, just on a cellular level, your nervous system is going to be more sensitive, more reactive. Very sensitive, very sensitive. Mm -hmm. You know, like we produce a lot of lactic acid all the time and the liver actually converts lactic acid back to, there's a cycle that goes back to glycogen or glucose or something like that. And um, lactic acid is an irritant. It, high levels of lactic acid in the body actually exacerbate anxiety as well. So people with liver stagnation will feel emotionally vulnerable and foggy, foggy thinking, cloudy, cloudy, 
cloudy thinking, you know, a foggy brain. And often what I find people who feel very tired in the mornings after, even if they sleep well or they don't sleep well, but they're really like groggy and they don't feel like they're rested. Often it's a liver stagnation issue as well. And what, what I'm thinking of is that many people who are experiencing anxiety, for example, Mm-hmm. they're not connecting it with their physiology, right? Like for them, it's just an emotional experience and it's in, in our mind with its role in trying to make a story about why you're feeling anxious. will latch onto, oh, well, it definitely is this event in your life. It's definitely this person over here and not realizing that no, like there's this whole internal physiology that is playing a role in this and could be contributing contributing, yeah. causing uh, this. And, and the work is actually with your, with your liver <laughs> or the yeah. work is actually with, with your, your liver, with your gut, with gut. your diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also the adrenal glands are important. And we'll talk about that, yeah. but yeah, it's exhausting trying to, you know, pick apart your brain, pick apart your experiences, trying to heal those old traumas where it could be that you just need to reduce inflammation and get your body healthier. So your thinking is clear and you're less bogged down with negative thoughts due to neurotransmitter imbalances. And also very important I want to cover is adrenal fatigue. So once somebody's traumatized, or if you have unhealed trauma from your past, you know, your body's always in this fight, flight, or freeze response. And that takes up adrenal resources, zinc, vitamin C, all, all these minerals get used up. And a lot of people are on the verge of burnout or adrenal fatigue, and we're barely coping in life. And so the adrenal glands need a bit of support. And so in addition to healing trauma, I'll often recommend some herbs, either ashwagandha, rhodiola, you know, things that nourish the adrenal glands back into health. Vitamin C, zinc, the B vitamins are also excellent for adrenal support as well. Adrenal support, the liver, the brain, gut health. Wow, we have covered a lot in this episode. And I love that you are here geeking out on this with me. We have now looked at four organs of the body and how they can actually predispose someone to trauma, how they are impacted by overwhelming experiences that become stored trauma in the body and have left their lasting mark in our biology. Dr. Amit has shared a variety of helpful ways to provide easy, simple support as a place to start for supporting your biology. This is how we do mind-body medicine. Because when it comes to healing stored trauma and seeing a difference in our health and our life, there are these different areas that we need to address in an integrated approach. This is the mind-body medicine. And I talk about there being three essential pieces, the somatic work, parts work, and the biology work. By listening to this episode, I hope you've gained a better knowledge of the biology piece and how our bodies down to our liver fit in with a biology of trauma and knowing other tools that we can apply when we're doing trauma work. In the episode notes, I will include a download that dives a bit deeper into the biology and talks about the three biochemical imbalances that are common that I am finding all the time when someone has a persistent trauma response in their body, when they have stored trauma in their body. That is also a good place for you to start. You can also find it online at traumahealingaccelerated.com if you're busy at the moment. And then you will see the supplements that I recommend for supporting the different areas of the body and that in integration with all these areas that we need to address, again, the somatic work, the parts work, and the biology work, that is how we actually accelerate the healing journey. 
Now, next week, I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser here. Next week, I will be sharing more from my discussion with Dr. Amit, where we will dive into the somatic work and how to incorporate that into your life in easy ways to support your physical health and the work that you're doing with your biology. So as we can see, the body and the mind are not separate. That is why we learning about the biology is key. We have to understand how our bodies are impacted by trauma and find ways to get them unstuck and to have that forward movement. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and join me on the next episode. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey, and you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love.